0: Romans chapter 14, verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but, everybody say, righteousness and peace and joy. Everybody say joy. Joy in the Holy Spirit. How many could use some more joy in the Holy Spirit? Amen. Uh, Righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. We are in a series called Real Christianity this month, and we are talking about what does it mean to be authentic Christians in these last days. And we're asking, we've kind of really been asking three questions, and that is number one, what does it mean to be a Christian? What does it really mean to be a Christian? Number two, why do so many people easily leave or fall away From Christianity because of the desires of the flesh? Why is it that so many people in these days are falling away or going back to the old things? And number three, what is the real proof of Christianity to the world at large? What is it that will show them and demonstrate that there is this we're calling the divine life, the Holy Spirit, uh, the born again alive in Christ uh, encounter, something supernatural happening? In our hearts, what does that look like, taste like, smell like, feel like, and do I have it? Do I have a, a, a connection with God within? And we've said what Christianity is not it is not the outer works of religion, it's not the do's and the don'ts, while those are great, it's not the tithing record or the church membership or church attendance or Sunday school teaching or joining a worship team or even preaching. All of those are a part of being a part of a church or family or Christian, but they in themselves are not Christianity. We've said it. it's also not emotion. It's not feeling guilty over my sin. It's not seeing a poor uh, missionary and their sad pictures on screen and, and feeling moved by that. It's not the hype of jumping on pews or running around the church. All those, are, again, are good additions, things that are part of those things may be but they in themselves are not and it's also not living like we want to live and thinking we're going to make it to heaven it's not lavish grace that we can uh sin abound you know uh, that we can just allow ourselves to go however and feel like we want to do what we want to do it's those are the knots but we have said that it is christ in me that is the character of christ in me that when his holy spirit comes in it's holiness We've said it's humility, it's purity, it's patience, it's devotion, it's a, a new love for God and love for others, and it's Christ living on the inside, that He and His nature through the Spirit is now doing something within me, and I sense it, I feel it, I, I know that it's not just me anymore in this life. And then we ended last week saying it, what the benefits of knowing God were. And that God is a God he's worth loving. He he returns that love and this relationship. He gives you infinite happiness. And we said, you know, if you're married or around a miserable person, you'll probably be, be miserable. But God, because he's always good, he's always powerful, he's always victorious, he's always joyful, that that in turn is a connection rubs off on us. And we, we have a relationship where God makes all things sweet, even in the darkest circumstances, because you are connected to a God of victory and a God of purpose and a God of joy and love. Every confident, every situation you can go through with confidence because God is not just outside of you, He's living on the inside. Somebody say, Amen. Amen. This is Christianity, and and we're talking tonight about what this divine life does inside of us. I'm just going to give you four words today, or four phrases uh, that you can just apply to your life, and these are not exclusive, they are not all inclusive. Uh, They are just four good things that you can think about, about what that connection with God, that divine life on the inside of you should be doing. Okay, number one is this. We'll just get into it tonight. What divine life does in us is number one, it will produce obedience, obedience, that that Holy Spirit work in you will produce obedience for the outsider. The do's and don'ts of Christianity can seem kind of boring or dull or a whole lot of hard work, you know, it may seem like, ooh, why would I ever want to do that and give up the things that I do? That seems like a lot of work to be a Christian. You mean you got to go to church every day and you got to give 10 percent, what do you mean 10 percent of your money and you got to stop cussing and you can't go to parties, and you can't drink and, and they begin to look at it with this external lens and if you try to live Christianity like that, it will be hard if not impossible because it'll all be external, it'll be all religious rules, it'll be the do's and the don'ts. And let me tell you something, uh, you can't be obedient that way. We all fall short every day, of course, but, but it, those with the Holy Spirit, my obedience now is birthed out of a love for God. Uh, you know, when I got married, the preacher didn't go up there and say, Heath Harris, Do you promise to always take out the trash, do the dishes, do your side of the laundry, make your side of the bed, blah, 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 No, he says, do you love this woman, and will you love her sacrificially till death do you part? Do you promise, better or worse, sickness and health, you give up your life to love her? And that, everything else is included in that, whether you realize that or not, getting into a marriage, that it's all birthed out of love for that person, right? All the married people say amen, that that love is, Every, all the other things are included it's not a list of rules Christianity is not a list of rules it's a love relationship with God and if I love he didn't have to tell me and I didn't actually take a vow that said I will never cheat on my wife but that's kind of inferred right in the vows that it's I love this person and so because I love God I don't want to do anything to disappoint God. I don't want to do anything to to come against him so Holy Spirit, He's the one that does that in me. It's not Heath Harris. Heath Harris naturally does not want to obey God. His nature is opposite. The Bible says there are two things inside of us. There's the flesh and the spirit, and they're in opposition. And the flesh can never please God. And so I cannot try to be obedient by my own ability. If you understand that, say amen. I can't be obedient by my own ability. Heath Harris, when he's in control, he clicks the wrong channels, he says the wrong things, he thinks the bad thoughts, he gets angry when he shouldn't, he gets unforgiving, and all of those things, and he tries to win the arguments, right? All those things are Heath working. But when Heath takes a back seat and the Holy Spirit takes control, he's more forgiving, he's more loving, he watches what he knows God likes to watch, he, he says what he knows God likes to say, and that's how the Christian life works. It's the Holy Spirit And if you're trying to keep watch over your own heart by this external ability, you're gonna have a very troublesome Christianity. And I think so many people never get this spirit control in our hearts. So they try to live Christianity through works and they find, oh my gosh, I can't do this. It's so hard. And they come in, they try, they cry, they get better. They go down to the altar and then they go back to where they were. And they come in, they try, they try, they try, and it doesn't happen. They go back to where they were. And it's this ping ponging relationship. But what we need is just to get alone with the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering. I'm surrendering. And that's the obedience, the divine life inside of you will produce obedience if you let it, right? Look in Romans chapter 6 verse 17. We're going to give you two verses for every point here. Romans 6 verse 17, Paul says this, but thanks be to God that though you were slaves of sin, that's my carnal nature, you became now obedient, everybody say obedient, obedient from the heart that Uh, to that form of teaching to which you were committed. Now, I can actually obey the things I thought I believed. That's what he's saying. He's like, you learned it all, but you couldn't do it all. But now, because of the Holy Spirit, now you're actually obedient to the doctrine you've said you had the whole time, right? And he says, uh, and having been freed from sin, you became a slave of righteousness. Now, with the Holy Spirit in charge of my life, I am committed, I'm obedient from the heart and what does that do in your life? For each of these, I'm going to give you the, the word that is the natural what we should be, what the divine life is going to produce. Number one, it's going to produce obedience. But here's this: the catch to all these is they. It, God just doesn't do good things; He does great things. And not only does He give you obedience, He gives you the joy of being obedient. Okay. Now watch this. For instance, the born again believer knows that to follow God is to place themselves in his presence, all right? And that means I'm going to have fellowship with him. I'm going to commune with him. That means even if I repent, I'm going to delight in repentance because, man, I get this overflow of love. It means that I know that when God begins to work on my heart and change me on the inside, it becomes a sweet thing now. Sacrifice is now joyful because guess what? I get closer to Jesus. I please my father. And every kid knows what it's like to please mom and dad. And I mean, mom and dad says, oh yeah, at a boy, at a girl, you live for that, man. Even if it's cleaning your room. My kid comes and tells me, Daddy, Daddy, come see my room. Ari does this quite often now, and I thank God for it. Come see my room. And she's cleaned her room on her own, or I've told her only one or two times, or seven, and it finally gets done. And then we go into her room and clean it. Oh, man, I'm so proud of you. That's awesome. Congratulations. And they light up because we love to please and obey our parents when we're in the right nature. And so the, the reward of obedience is joy. It's delight. And when the world looks at it and from the natural says, oh, man, that's a horrible way to live a life. We're looking at it on the other side saying, my gosh, it's joyful. It's pleasing to obey and follow in line with my father. And, and so we don't say, here's what we don't do in the Christian life. We don't say, man, I really wish I could go out with my friends tonight and do what I used to do. That's not the divine life. It's not, man, I really wish I could still watch those kinds of movies or I wish I could go do those types of things anymore. Man, I really wish I could party and drink like I used to. You don't have the divine life in you. I'm just going to be honest. Uh, If you do, it's really a dim light right now, and you got to get back in with Jesus because the divine life doesn't want to do those things. Oh, yeah, we struggle. Oh, man, we have that two natures always fighting within us, and we got to give the Holy Spirit the keys to our car. But but I, I don't sit and meditate and think, oh, man, I wish I could look at pornography again or, oh, I wish I could do this. Sure, we fight temptations. We struggle with that. We war with that. But our desire from within by the Spirit is that I want to please my Father. When I fail Him, I say, oh God, I'm so sorry. I, I Forgive me. Lord, I want to please You. My heart is to please You. And you can be safe and secure. The Bible says there's no fear in love. There's no condemnation in Christ. If your heart is saying, oh, I'm sorry, and I want to please You, you know you still got it. The fearful thing is when you don't want to please Him anymore. Then that's when you're checking it, all right? But the joy, there's a joy. So there's obedience, then there's a joy in obedience. Psalms 112 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord, how joyful. Everybody say joyful. Joyful. How joyful are those who fear the Lord and delight in obeying His commands. How joyful are those who delight in obeying Him. There's joy in obedience. Number two is this, love for others. Love for others. What the divine life produces in you is obedience. Number two is love for others. When the the Holy Spirit's in us, right, we naturally think now of of this whole other world. We begin to care for other people. We begin to act generously. We begin to be happy when other people are prospering. We start to endure more wrongs from our coworkers and our families uh, because there's this, this ability to overlook faults. We start giving up revenge. Why? Because we've experienced His love. You know what? It doesn't matter anymore. All those petty things just don't matter anymore because there's a heaven, there's a hell, there's a God, there's an eternity. I get it now, I see it. All this other earthly stuff, it don't matter what she says, he says, Facebook says, it doesn't matter. There's just the love of God or there's the pit of hell. That's all there is and I'm gonna be in the love of God and I'm gonna just uh, enjoy my Father's love. There's an abundance of being in his love and so 1 John 4, 16 tells us, we've come to know and have believed in the love of God which God has for us, for God is love, and the one who abides in love is abiding in God, and God abides in him. There, when, when you get the Holy Spirit in you, there should be this natural change that you just like more people, <laughs> and I'm not a people person by nature, and Heath Harris would avoid a crowd, would avoid being around people, but the more you're with God, the more you, you have to love people, you have to be more patient, because he is, he's patiently enduring all kinds of vessels of wrath, the Bible says, prepared for destruction, there's all kinds of things, God, people are cursing him every day, and he's enduring it all, and how can I not endure somebody who just cuts me off at the red light, and, and, and not give him the bird, right, We'll pray about all that later, I guess. But, but that's, that's, we have to. It's, just, it's the nature of God is in you now. And so you're more forgiving, more, more loving, more kind. And guess what happens? Because God's just not good. He's great. He's not just giving you love and a better attitude. He gives you the joy that comes from a loving attitude. So watch this. So it's not just love for others. It's a delight, a joy in loving others. So for instance... God's love begins to satisfy your soul. When you're not in this love relationship with God, guess what happens? Your your life gets unsettled somebody ticks you off, you get mad, your emotions are all messed up all day long, you go home, you tell your husband or your wife that, that so-and-so ticks you off, and then they get upset, and they get mad, y'all talk about it all night long over dinner, and then you mellow over it some more, then you bring it up the next day, and then bitterness happens, then grudges, and your just life just starts getting dull and nasty. How many people know what I'm talking about? That's how it is, and all these things begin to bother you, and this on the news, and I can't believe that, and -and so-and-so did this, and it just starts to be like this magnet, man. All these things just get negative, and and I think the devil just starts throwing things at you, and things start offending you more. You're less patient. You're more irritable, and all of life just starts being blah, right? Y'all lived on the other side before? It's just blah, right? It's just blah, but guess what happens? I can give up the malice and the hatred and the envy. God puts your Holy Spirit in you, and he's a gentle spirit. He's a sweet spirit. And inwardly, guess what happens? Things stop agitating you so much. You start thinking about the goodness of God. You think about a godly wisdom that's in control of the world, the sovereignty and the goodness of God. You, you start experiencing his love. You start tasting of the joys of heaven. Life gets a lot sweeter. It's a lot more happy. There's a pep in your step. There's a smile. There's a song in the morning. And all the while, everybody's like, well, what's going on with you? I got the joy of the Lord. Because there's a love that lives inside of me, and I don't have to be that way anymore. I'm tired of being negative. I was the most negative, sarcastic person you ever want to meet. I could tear someone down with just some words. I could look at you. If I knew you, I could make you cry in two minutes just how mean I was. And that's just, I was a cynical, sarcastic, pitiful person, and I didn't even know it. Until I met God and He began to show me, He, here's my nature, here's your nature. And you're like, oh man, I didn't realize I was that negative. Yeah, you are. Uh, he, here's my nature. Here's, I oh, mean, I didn't know I was that prideful. Yes, you are. And He begins just to show you these things, but it's a joy. When you say, I'm so glad I'm not a pain to my spouse anymore. And that's probably going to be a life-all lifelong work. But I'm so glad I'm not negative like it was. I don't miss gossiping. I don't miss sarcasm. I don't miss feeling yuck all the time. But I could just say, yes, it's good to be in the love of God. Somebody say amen. amen. Psalms 90, 14, Satisfy us each morning with your love. So we can sing for joy to the ends of our lives. Is it satisfying every morning to be in the love of God? Does it bring joy to you to say, you know what? Who cares about all this other stuff? I've got the love of God, and that brings joy to my life. So obedience, and obedience makes joy. Love, and love makes joy. The next is purity. Purity. Henry Scogel, uh he wrote this. He said, you know, what is purity? It's this contempt towards physical pleasure. And it's this resoluteness in myself to face troubles in life and pains of life uh, that we may meet, and I'm going to perform those things with duty. So he's saying, I'm giving up all these pleasures, and I'm steadfast completing the mission of God, the duty of God, with resolve. And purity for him was that. He's saying that you know what? It's withdrawing from the world and thinking it's worth it because I know God. It's like, you know what? Uh, I used to uh, watch a lot of horror movies early on in my life, and I liked them. Today, and it wasn't, I'm not saying that's wrong or right, or but for me, it was that there was something in my life that I was just like, doesn't benefit me. In fact, it puts fear and they most of those things are gross and they're not always good and they're not clean. And you know what? It's not that somebody didn't have to tell me to do that. I was just, you know what, I don't have a taste for it anymore. I don't care about it anymore. I don't I don't want that in my mind. I don't want that in my heart. I just I want more of him. And so it was easy to put out most of those rated R movies and and turn away from looking at those things or talk start stop talking so negative all the time. And it was just this purity, and it's worth it. It's worth it to know him more. And if I could live my life that way, that the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, tell me what things I can put away that are hindering me from knowing him more. You know, that's the goal for holiness. You don't just give up things because it's a sacrifice and you feel more, I am better than thou. You give up things to, because the Holy Spirit's drawing you closer to him. You know, I want to, I want to worship more. I want to, I pray more. I want to draw deeper into Him, and it's not for the sake of giving things up. It's for the sake of this intimate communion. And and I I I struggle with this as a pastor to tell people the do's and the don'ts. I know what worked for me in my life, and I could tell you give up rated R movies, stop going to do this, don't drink, don't do this, don't do that. We can make a whole list of rules, but the Holy Spirit's got to do it in your life. I'm not your police. I'm not the the Holy Spirit cop to tell you what's right and wrong. If you got the divine life, the Holy Spirit inside of you, He's going to tell you. Don't do that. Okay? He's going to show you what to give up. Obviously, there's some common sense stuff out there. But he says, you're you're a slave to righteousness now. Holiness is this character of God that you've touched him. And the word holiness actually means set apart for a purpose. And I I tell our young people, it's not about thinking about all the don'ts. It's thinking about all the do's. It's thinking about the purpose God has for you in your life, a calling he has for you. If you would run headfirst into that calling, all the other don'ts are going to take care of themselves because God's got a lot of good do's he wants for you. Amen? Go for the dues. 2 Corinthians 6, 5. We've been beaten, put in prison, faced angry mobs, worked into exhaustion, endured sleepless nights, gone without food. You see his calling and all the things he's willing to give up for his calling, Paul says. He says, but we've proved ourselves by our purity. We've proved ourselves by our purity, by our understanding, our patience, our kindness, by the Holy Spirit within us and our sincere love. He's willing to endure all kinds of junk and bad stuff for the sake of an upward calling. He's focused on knowing him more. He says, if by any means I can attain that resurrection, if I can just be held what Christ has beheld in me, if there's something that's drawing me closer to him and everything else, Paul says in Philippians, I'm counting it as rubbish. All my doctorate dissertations, all of his pedigrees, all the good things he's done, even the churches he's planted, even all the things good things he's done for Christ, I'd give it all up in heart if I just can get a hold of him, if I can just know him, and the divine life inside of you, the Holy Spirit inside of you is going to draw you that way. If you are stagnant and still, be sure the Holy Spirit is being stifled out. There should be something, this, this yearning, this pull from the inside, and it's very hard to keep that going. I'll just be honest. As a Christian, it's easy to turn the TV on, forget my Bible, forget my praying, miss a few church services, for, let my attitude slip, get in more arguments, not say I'm sorry, and all that. And just life begins to get a little bit more yuck. But if I could just say, you know what, God, I'll say I'm wrong, I'll forgive, I'll turn off the TV, I'll stop watching that, I'll stop saying that, I've just got, I just, there's something I got to do. I've got to know you more. And I pray that's the call of your life. There's a yearning there because there's a delight in that. With purity comes pleasure with purity, everything that defiles your soul, that was disturbing your life, that was stinging you, all the lusts that were controlling the health of your body and your mind. You know, there was things that were warring against you before. All those things were pulling you down. But when you get rid of all of that and all these vain earthly pursuits, when your mind's set on God and some greater things, man, you're not troubled. It's, for instance, like this. It's like there was a hunger in your life before, and the more you tried to feed it, you just felt more empty. And there was a thirst in your soul for more before, but the more you tried to fill it and drink it, it just kept and the, the thirst was never quenched. And there was a, a, a desire for pleasure and entertainment before. But the more you watch TV, the more you tried all those things, the more the drugs, the alcohol, the sex, all that stuff, the more you tried all those things, it never satisfied. It never gave you rest, never gave you peace, never gave you love or hope. But when you begin to hunger and thirst for righteousness, you actually start to get filled. Somebody say amen. When you begin to hunger and thirst for his things, you find there's good things when you taste and see the Lord. Lord is good. Amen. It's, it, there's something there that he satisfies. And what does that do to your soul? It brings joy. Amen. You're getting it. There's obedience, and obedience produces joy. And there's love, and love produces joy. When I find true purity in my heart, man, it produces joy because I'm satisfied. And Psalms 24 says, who can go to the hill of the Lord? Who can get closer to God? Who can stand in his holy place? It's the person who's got clean hands and a pure heart. A pure heart allows you to get access into the presence of God. And he ends it, he says, and he shall receive a blessing from the Lord. Purity produces joy. Now, lastly, is this humility. We're going to go to prayer. Humility is this. <clears throat> it's, uh, and I, I'm just going to kind of quote what, what Henry Skogel says, because I like what he says. He's, it says, humility seems inferior to these non-born-again, unregenerated people, right? It's foolish, Here's what he says, yet to those who are born again, it's noble. We don't care about riches or beauty or strength. We're not elevating ourselves. We don't care about what people have or don't have. Uh, we're not looking at anything but the worth and the goodness of God. Right? And he says, you know, everything that you gain on earth, you begin to have a little opinion of it. You don't care about your house and your car and what people think about you. You're not praising yourself. You're not moved uh, for the praises of men, and you're not. You're not. Go- your life isn't all about that anymore. But what you do want to do is be more like Jesus. And Jesus says, even those who humble themselves as a child, those who humble themselves as a child become the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. When it seems like a low place for the earth, it becomes a high place in heaven. And humility is part of this upside-down kingdom. It's like, God, the less of me produces the more of you, like John the Baptist said. And what happens is the joy comes in that too. When a prideful and arrogant person Man, their life is just upsetting, they complain, they think they're all important, but the humble person, they don't think much of themselves, it's not this false humility, but it's saying, you know what, I know I'm not all that. You know the world wants to build people up. That's really the wrong way to go about it. You don't get built up till God builds you up. And you're in Christ, right? We want ever the world is all preaching about self-image and self-identity, and everybody is awesome and everybody's great. And the truth in the Bible is: man, we're a bunch of wrecked sinners headed for a devil's hell who ain't got no chance. And we're all pitiful. We all are evil people who deserve hell. That's truly what Scripture says. Our minds are warped, ignorant beyond understanding, darkened in the futility of our minds, is what Paul says in Ephesians. We have no hope without God. And I need Jesus Christ to renew his spirit, his mind in me. And then when he comes in, yes, I'm a child of the king. I'm royalty. There's no condemnation. He lifts me up. He's the lifter of my head. But that's after I've lowered myself. So when I lower myself, guess what happens? You get joy. You get the joy of the Holy Spirit, the joy that God has lifted you up and exalted you. And seated you in heavenly places with Jesus Christ. Amen. Isaiah 29, I'm close with this. The humble will be filled with fresh joy. Everybody say, fresh joy. joy. The humble will be filled with fresh joy from the Lord. The poor will rejoice in the Holy One of Israel. Isaiah 29, 19. It is joyful to do the will of God, to love others, to be holy, and to be humble. And if that joy is happening in your heart, you can be sure the Holy Spirit is working in you, that God has saved your soul. There is something on the inside of you that is not natural to this world. And so what we want to pray tonight, I'm going to ask you to stand with us. Ask our worship team to come. If life has been blah lately, and let me just tell you, for the best of us, it gets blah. If it's just been kind of going through the motions, if it's just been kind of settled the dust on the inside, we want to say, God, David prayed when he sinned, restore to me the joy of my salvation, and I will teach sinners your way. And it becomes that purpose. God, I'm pushing everything aside for that upward call. Lord, Give me the joy of the Holy Spirit again. And we need joy in this world today. They need to see some joy-filled people who love God, love one another, are humble, who are pure in heart, and are just glad to be children of the Most High God. So I'm going to invite you just to, right where you are, just lift your hands. Let's just begin to invite the Holy Spirit to just work on our nature. Let's just, God, work on my nature. Lord, tonight... Lord Jesus, I just surrender. I just surrender. Lord, maybe there's things in my heart, Lord, you want to do tonight that I would surrender. Take the time, not get so busy. But Lord Jesus, I want to have a more filled, joy-filled, Holy Spirit-filled life where you are the center of my love, my affection. You are the center of all my desires, Lord. You are the lifter of my head. Lord, we lower ourselves tonight. Say, Lord, create in me a clean heart a pure heart, a steadfast spirit, a right standing spirit.